1: Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley.
2: Welcome to Episode 337 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from practice. Our topic today is intimacy and family caregivers. So what is intimacy for family caregivers and why does it matter so much for them? Well, intimacy is sexual intimacy that's part of the personal relationship between family caregivers and their spouses and partners. Intimacy is closeness and affection in the heartfelt caring by family caregivers for their family members. Intimacy is support for family caregivers themselves because it supports them in caring for their family members, it supports them in caring for their families as a whole, and because it supports them in their family caregiving, which too often, too often, exhausts them physically, psychologically, and financially. Which is why our topic, intimacy and family caregivers, is so important so important and so relevant to our times. To discuss it, our guest is Sue Kelly. Now, Sue is founder and president of Still Sexy at 60 Plus. That's a Canadian company dedicated to enhancing the lives of the 60 Years Plus community. By defying traditional views of aging and embracing today's generation, she helps men and women rejuvenate their minds, bodies, and spirits. She's co-founder of the CareBridge, personal consultancy and advocacy service supporting healthy ageing and chronic disease management and providing information about elder care, housing and placement options. She's facilitator of healthy ageing workshops for the YMCA. She's a registered nurse and public health nurse. She began her career at St. Michael's Hospital in Toronto and also in remote outposts in northern Manitoba. She's been a visiting home care nurse, palliative care coordinator, business development manager, faculty member at Sheridan College, and most recently, director of health and wellness for WeCare Home Health Services, a national home care company with over 50 offices across Canada. So welcome to the show, Sue.
3: Thanks so much, Gordon. It's a pleasure to be here
2: great. Now, first question for you. Please tell us more about your life and your professional career. Sue?
3: Well, Gordon, I think you pretty well covered it there. But if I could expand a little bit. Um, I, so I'm, I'm 63 years of age, and I've recently retired from a wonderful and satisfying career as a, a registered nurse, um, a home care visiting nurse, a wellness expert, and and so on. Um, as you said, I, um, you know, I started my career in northern Manitoba where I was an outpost public health nurse, um, and uh, there I met you know, wonderful people from, from around the globe, actually, that uh, worked for Northern Affairs. When I think about it, I think that was the first time I really took a risk, and even though I was scared, I tried to be true to myself and stand up for my beliefs, even when some crazy hot sex was happening up on those cold northern nights. Um, but I later returned to Toronto, where I married my high school sweetheart, and I'm happy to say that we're celebrating 39 years uh, next week. And we have three adult children who are all married to great people, and they've produced six precious grandchildren, all five five and under. So when we're all together, I call it heavenly chaos. So we live in Muskoka, which is um, also termed Cottage Country here in Ontario, uh, which is about two hours directly north from Toronto, um, near the town of Gravenhurst. Um, when I think back on my nursing career, particularly as a visiting nurse, um, it gave me the opportunity to be invited to be invited into the homes of um, you know many patients and their families, and I learned um, you know intimate knowledge about their unique needs, and their internal family dynamics. Um, I was also a palliative care nurse, and so I was privy to their secrets and their dreams and regrets. But I also felt privileged to be part of their team, as we all strive to provide the very best care possible so that the person died with a sense of dignity, love, and support. And I always believed that they, they got to do it their way, you know, not what what strong one family member wanted or what society wanted, but so I, I am a strong advocate that people get to make their own decisions and and do it their way. And so I carried the same philosophy to my work in health and wellness promotion, as I designed personal health risk assessments for the workplace and for other healthcare companies. The patient or the employee here identified what part of their total health picture they wanted to work on first, and they decided what was You know, what was the first step for them? So this led me to developing tools and educational brochures for caregivers to help them have the right information to better care for their loved ones.
2: Now, I'm going to interject the next question, Sue, to to ask you to tell us more about your own experience with family caregiving, whether it's within your own family or within the families that you got involved with, as you were just saying. Sue?
3: All right. Well, you know, the bulk of my hands-on experience of supporting family caregivers was my work as a visiting nurse, and then, you know, I became a nursing supervisor. And here, um, and in both roles here, I was often the first healthcare care professional to enter the home, and it was my responsibility to conduct a thorough assessment, a holistic assessment of all of the care needs of that patient and the related needs of the family caregivers. You know, the, it really is a huge task, um, but I enjoyed the challenge of bringing all the puzzle pieces together and coordinating the services that was best for that person and family at that time. But, of course, this usually changed over time, and, um, and so it was important to proactively kind of address future needs as well. Prior to retiring, I was the project lead on an innovative e-health program where seniors who were living with two or more chronic health problems were given vital sign measuring devices, and they were taught to take their vital signs, which immediately the results transferred over the telephone line to a portal where I had e-health nurses monitoring these vital signs. And any that were out of range, the nurse would immediately call that patient or family member. This was great because it avoided ER visits, ambulance trips, and it prevented complications and helped to keep the person stable but it also gave immense peace of mind to family caregivers decreasing their stress so that they could sleep at night Um, and then getting closer to home i was the primary caregiver for my dad when he was dying at home of lung cancer and you know i learned firsthand like from a very personal perspective the value of having siblings to support me providing me with respite so i could sleep at night really because i was providing the rest of the care and i had a wonderful knowledgeable family doctor and i really could not have done it without without him and my husband and i helped to care for his aging parents in sourcing home care services and various living accommodations as their health declined and today i continue to sort we both continue to support my mom who's 91 and living in our my childhood home really so she's still living
2: at home now I'm going to move you to talk about this website with with this wonderful name still sexy at 60 plus Sue, what what why did you create that what did you got in mind when you created it Sue?
3: okay well you know before I hit upon the idea for my book still sexy at 60 plus I have to say that it wasn't easy for me to hit 60 you know, I had no problem turning 40 or 50, but 60 was a different ball game. I couldn't believe when I actually turned 60, it sounded so old. And and I didn't feel old. You know, my head kind of told me I felt more like 35. My energy, you know, suggested I was 45. Even though my sometimes arthritic joints, you know, made me feel older, I, I didn't really think I was you know, over the hill that society tended to think we were. And, I mean, that's part of the fallacy about aging. It's We are not our parents. And that's part of what I wanted to capture with this, um, with Still Sexy at 60. Um, and so, um, so I thought I would write a book to help people to come to terms with getting it right because this may be you know the last chance to get it right um our journey we don't know how much time is left we can kind of we don't know if we can see the end from here but you know life is kind of funny and i think if people aren't satisfied with their life they have they might have had some regrets they might have wished they had taken a risk well now it's time to get it right and so um and sometimes it involves taking a risk, something that you always dreamed about, like an elusive butterfly that you never quite caught. Or maybe there has been something with somebody that has been niggling away in the canyons of your mind, something that you regret and you'd like to fix. Those things are are important to settle. But as a budding author, I thought it would be best to get the conversation going about aging, to encourage people to write in or connect with me about their concerns, their issues, and what they did to take a risk and find their sweet spot in life, uh, and you know, some of you may have heard of the magazine Zoomer. Zoomer magazine is produced by uh, CARP, which is the Canadian Association of Retired Persons. Just like in the U.S., it's ARP, or in England, it's the British Association of Retired Persons. Um, and Moses Neimer is the editor, um, and he writes in his opening article. Hello, Zoomers. He says, Zoomer is primarily a state of mind. It's an attitude toward living long, an open, optimistic attitude that combines a desire for new experiences with a sense of purpose and value. It's an attitude that frankly recognizes the challenges of aging and actively advocates for them, but also insists that aging doesn't have to mean retreating from life. We see this time not as the end, but as a new and exciting stage in life, and yes, we want romance and expect to continue with the joys of sex. So, this definition describes the premise for Still Sexy at 60 Plus. And by plus, I mean, you know, the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, zoomers are a new generation embracing the later years with redefined vigor, you know, with a different attitude and a re energized approach to life um still sexy at 60 maybe of interest to those in their 50s but as i said it's it's not just about being in your 60s but 70s and 80s and beyond and anyone, now, t- for anyone willing to take a risk and reflect on their life with a goal of making it better
2: great now talking of time this is where we have to t- pay the rent as i say because and- we we have to take the break. So we'll do that now, but we're coming back. This is Dr. Gordon and My guest is Sue Kelly. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and SharingTheBurden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back.
4: Like so many others, do you put on a game face to the world? The stress of home life, work life, and personal life converge on us on practically a daily basis. Yet, so rarely do we let others see our real selves. And we carry on like we don't have a single problem. We need to connect and to find out we're not alone. Tune into Stories from the Heart of Leadership with host Shamin Sadik to find out not only what's been created, but the story behind it. Listen live every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world.
1: You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D O C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
2: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Sue Kelly. Our topic is intimacy and family caregivers. So, Sue, let's now talk about the services that you provide with personal wellness coaching consultations and what I call the pointers to the types of services that people who consult you require. So, first question then, Sue, is what are the pointers to services that address weariness and fatigue? Sue? Sue?
3: It's easy to lose perspective when you're a family caregiver. There's so much to do, and too often so little time to do it. But I think there's two really important components to being a family caregiver. I mean, the first is to ensure that the person receiving the care is receiving wonderful care and that they're maintaining their dignity, their safety, and independence as much as possible. And the second is ensuring those providing the care are able to maintain their self. And I cannot stress this enough, how essential this is to the caregiving process. As a caregiver, you must value who you are and respect your personal needs if you are to remain physically, emotionally, and spiritually healthy. I mean, you can't give the best care if you aren't, you know, feeling totally together yourself. But often... You sacrifice yourself for the care of another, and it's okay maybe in the short term, but long term, it can really um, deplete, you know, who you are. So some of these statements may feel familiar to you. I don't have any energy. I feel like I'm not having fun anymore. I need to finally take care of myself instead of everyone else in my life. I've fallen off the wagon with my own chronic health problems, and I, you know, I need to get them in check. I need better sleep. We used to have a loving relationship, and our sex life has flatlined. I'm troubled by some past situations that have never been resolved, and I'd like a second chance to get it right. So if any of that sounds familiar, you're not alone. But again, with those two principles about providing best care and taking care of yourself, Still Sexy at 60 offers some personal wellness coaching, a private one-to-one consultation with just you and our wellness coach. Um, It provides, for example, a review of your current caregiving situation and a personal look at your life, your obligations, work, your health, and your relationships. A checklist of what you or your siblings can do now on your own to ensure that your loved one's home is safe inside and out, that their immediate needs are being met. For example, just safeguarding medication use. Or suggestions to prevent falls. Um, it it looks at a proactive approach to chronic health review of of your loved one. Just making sure that the main pointers are covered and that you're aware of, you know, symptoms that might um, flag that a problem could be coming along. So it also um, acknowledges that everyone has inner strengths and wisdom and perspectives and. Through our unique approach to your overall wellness, we discuss your desires, your dreams, and goals. And together, we collaborate to chart a life map or a plan so that you can successfully reach your goals. Um, Okay, Shall I keep going here, Gordon?
2: I think I'm going to move you to the next question, which really flows from what you've just been saying. And that is... What are the pointers that you see to services that address problems with family caregiving? That is to say where the family caregiver is feeling that the family caregiving isn't doing enough or where, for example, the family caregiver feels guilty because he or she isn't giving the quality of family caregiving that He or she believes is necessary for her family member. So, what are those pointers? Sue? All right. Well,
3: uh, some of the principles of caring for yourself include what I call the three R's of caregiving respect, realistic expectations, and respect. So, respect is closely linked with admiration and esteem for you. You deserve to be held in high opinion of yourself. And So by respecting yourself, you ensure that your body, mind, and spirit remain whole. Realistic expectations. This is a tough one. And when you're new to caregiving, you often try to do it all, and you ignore your personal needs. Um, So just learning how to say no when expectations are unrealistic. Respite means taking a break or finding a breathing space on a a regular basis. Sometimes it is silence. How often do we have the luxury of just being alone? And embracing the silence. Time to reflect on you, on what God's plan is for you, or addressing your spiritual side. Whatever that means to you, it means rest, easing your mind and body, and finding peace from within. So, one of the other things related to this is the five F's of family caregiving. I I guess I have a a thing with letters. But anyway, the five F's that, you know, when you're thinking, we have that silence and you're thinking about everything in your life. Try to think, how are you doing related to family, related to friends, you know, your good friends, your faith, forgiveness, if it's needed, and not, you know, not being afraid to say you're sorry, and having fun. And I suppose another F word might be having some fiddly-diddly, or whatever that means to you. (laughs)
2: Yes.
3: (sighs) But guess what we're trying to do is prevent caregiver burnout, and um, we don't, that's not the topic today, but... By looking at it in advance, um, we are preventing it.
1: Yeah. So now, the,
2: I'm going
3: to
1: carry,
3: on, carry well, on. I was going to add that family caregivers need an advocate, someone who always has their best interests and the interests of their loved one at the top of mind and who's knowledgeable about um, community resources, such as a personal care workers who can provide some hand-on personal care such as bathing, dressing, toileting, exercises for your loved one, um, and so some of these services um, through our consultation services, um, and not just through that, but through the conversation that I would like to get going on my website is about how to how to access funding from state or provincial home care or hospice programs, how to access um, bathroom aids, or mobility devices to keep somebody safe at home, Um, how to advocate or to arrange a family meeting, um, either in person or by a conference call, to discuss the issues, assign responsibilities for certain tasks, and develop a calendar of who will do what when. And I find that is a a wonderful strategy to help families look at sharing the responsibility um, and sharing the burden. And within that is identifying a communication plan for sharing the, uh, sharing the information. There should always be only one primary caregiver who is responsible for communicating with doctors and specialists and case managers, you know, whenever possible, and then developing a mechanism. And through social media today, it's really easy to keep everybody on the same page um, at the same time. So there you go, Gordon.
2: Excellent. Now, different... Same sort of question, but different different topic. What about the pointers to the need for services that address worries about intimacy? The kind of question may be that people who are in the 60-plus range, it's years since my wife and I were together in intimacy. What are the other pointers that you would want to draw attention to, and what about addressing them? Sue?
3: All right, well, Gordon, I loved your introductory comment about intimacy. It was excellent because it actually does it did address uh, three dimensions um, to what intimacy can be. So number one, um, you know, being true to yourself and having the courage to pay attention to your own needs um, is is number one. But also the engagement of others in an intimate relationship of caring for loved ones where you're all on the same page at least most of the time and this can also include a healthcare professional who's been who's an advocate for the family needs so this is this is a different kind of intimacy but the common definition of intimacy it's when two people are so in sync that they feel free to be themselves and not afraid to take risks knowing that their partner is the wind beneath their wings. It's like having your own fan club with benefits. <sighs> intimacy is the glue that keeps couples emotionally connected, and lack of it is one reason that couples choose to part. Of course, intimacy is important at any age, but as the hot passion wanes and sex slows down and chronic health problems sneak it, sneaks in, it is this that endures. Intimacy is very... It's a very personal subject, and it means things to different people. So carrying on with this same third kind of dimension, and regardless of one's sexual orientation or age or abilities or disabilities, everyone is, everyone is somewhere on the continuum of sexual health, love, and intimacy. There's no, so there's no right or wrong place to be. It's whatever is right for you. If it is, if it is right... Or if it's not, and you'd like to kind of chug it along and move it up, move it up on that continuum, um, and then, then that's one of the goals that we can help you with. I mean, intimacy can be anywhere from you know holding hands, cuddling on the couch, or reading in bed together, um, to going out on a date night, or to enjoying sexual intercourse or other sexual activities that fulfills your sense of desire and satisfaction. And and so everyone's ideal sweet spot is different. You need to ask yourself if you are content where you are on this continuum of love, sex, and intimacy. And if you are not, where would you like to be? Re- Remember that finding your sweet spot in life is a whole person experience, and it's not just intimacy. If other areas of your life are lacking, then it's probably impacting the state state of intimacy so it's it's and it's normal too it's normal with exhaustion lack of sleep and multitasking that the re, it will take a toll on a relationship sometimes just trying to get enough sleep is most important priority we can usually cope with a change in our routines or for short periods of time, but it is when these responsibilities become a burden and there's no hope in sight that it can cause immense stress in a relationship. And it is even more dire when you are caring for a partner who has a chronic debilitating condition or his ba- or is palliative. I recall a client of mine who had been caring for her husband who had had surgery for prostate cancer. The result was that he no longer could have an erection. He was devastated and she was too. They both accepted the fact that he was alive and they could look forward to many more years together, but a treasured activity had been changed forever. So I suggested that their couple become a threesome and they take, take on a new meeting with a sex toy. And sex toys can take you where no man has gone before, to the moon and back. So a discussion about the types of sex toys, what is good toy to start with, positioning and hygiene are all areas that are reviewed. Perhaps your sex life is flatlined. And it needs to be reignited. Great sex okay. starts with open communication.
2: So Sue, so, so I'm, I'm going to stop you there only because alrighty, unfortunately we're up against spot. the time thing. But I like the idea of the technology supporting intimacy as a point you've made very, very effectively. So now let's take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Sue Kelly. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America variety and empowerment channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us, we're coming back.
4: on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring.
1: There are 13 unbreakable habits of truly enlightened people. These life-changing habits are discussed on Dream the Life Live the dream with Dr. Yomi Garnett. We'll offer an excursion in self-discovery, along with wisdom that will allow you to stay on the correct path toward your destiny. You can find excellence in your life. Tune in every Thursday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time. That's 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for this exciting transformational journey.
4: Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com It's your world.
1: You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to DocG at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
2: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Sue Kelly. Our topic is intimacy and family caregivers. Sue, now let's talk about increasing the support that should be given to meet the needs of seniors who are also family caregivers, the kind of needs you were talking about in the previous segment. So first off, Sue, how should support be increased for seniors who are weary and fatigued? Sue?
3: Well, unfortunately, the healthcare system has changed, moving towards shorter periods of hospitalization and and returning home much faster. And very little has been done to recognize the role of, of family caregivers in the healthcare care system. To me, they are the backbone of the health care system, and they do it often with little training, and they take on the tasks which were once done by trained personnel. And so I believe more education is needed to provide the right information at the right time so that people know where to turn. Most people think that the doctors are the go-to people, but often they don't know where all the resources are available as well. Um, more respite is needed to give the caregivers a break, but they need to feel confident that the care their loved one will receive will be, will be good and reliable. And then this one, is a, it's a tough one. A plan for financial assistance should definitely be done immediately. Often people give, give up their careers to support a loved one at home. And of course, they provide that 24-7 care, and they're taking a huge burden off of the healthcare system. Uh, there are some financial supports um, in place, but um, they, I think they need to be ramped up. Um, you know, the second kind of backbone of the healthcare system to me are personal support workers, not nurses, but uh, PSWs. And they need to be paid fairly. And I, and I believe in the last budget, and this is the, um, the Canadian budget, a pay increase is planned for them. So they need to have that job security and benefits of a good job because their work is of par- paramount importance.
2: Now, let me just take you to the next question, um, which will bracket with the one that you've just answered. Um, how should support be increased for seniors experiencing problems with their family caregiving? And you've mentioned personal service workers as part of the support, but what else can be done directly for the seniors themselves who are concerned about their family caregiving? Sue?
3: Well, this is a really interesting question. And um, one, one thing I'd like to pick up on is, you know, I'd mentioned financial aid. And in different parts of the world, it's important to find out what is available. But um, in Canada, we have something called compassionate care benefits, or like an employment insurance, which um, that the federal government is exploring. And there's also this also supports someone who is dying at home. And so, uh, if it's available, it can give someone six to eight weeks of, of um, em, employment insurance. There's Veterans Affairs Canada, which um, is a source if, there's, if that loved one has uh, been in the service, or if they've been, even if they're a widow um, of a veteran, they could be accessing some funds. You know, what I find is that a lot of individuals go to long-term care, or what's a, like a nursing home, m- earlier than they need to. Often, there's 30 percent of residents who are in long-term care shouldn't even be there um, because once the sort of the crisis was attended to, they became more stable and much more functional, and and then it was depressing for them to be living in a long-term care situation. And so, the more care that can be given up front in a crisis um, is really important. And so accessing the, the provincial or state home care program, whatever, to to provide that uh, stability and support so that uh, the loved one can get better at home. Another um, thing with technology is is the use of um, vital sign devices. The program I talked about initially, the e-health program, was called REACT, um, it, it stands for Remote Access to Care Technology, and sometimes using the technology to um, monitor how a person is doing provides tremendous relief, um, e- particularly for those providing long, long-term long or long-distance caregiving. And so, um, for example, a loved one that might be living in uh, Vancouver, they're... Family, Their sons or daughters across the country or in the U.S. can be going to a portal and just seeing how their loved one is doing, how their vital signs are doing, giving them peace of mind. And it sort of helps them to know when they might need to uh, see a doctor or have their medication re- reviewed or something like that.
2: Now, I want to add a sup- supplementary c- question to what you Just been saying. You, in the earlier segment, mentioned something that prompted me to think about spirituality. And here's the question then To what extent does spirituality play into the picture you've just described? Um, Do you see it helping people? Do you think it's something that in some ways can be increased in its value for family caregivers and family caregiving? Sue?
3: That's a very good point, Gordon. So, um, And religion is one aspect of that holistic look at an individual. And people can draw tremendous strength and support um, when they have a belief system, whatever that is. And for some people, maybe they have um, fallen off the wagon related to um, the time and attention in this area, but it is an opportunity to uh, ramp it back up again and so reaching out to your um your church or synagogue or religious group to find out what support is available um, as an example, a dear friend of mine her um her husband had had died and uh, after she had been carrying for him for many years, and her church did not have a bereavement group, but because she asked about it, a, a bereavement group was started, and they had seven sessions once a week, and and it supported many people in that uh, church community. Um, priests and ministers can, can visit the home uh, and provide um, that spiritual support, can provide communion to the loved one, um, can provide sacraments. Um, if that's part of your belief system. It's just, you know, it's all about communication. It's about, you know, reaching out, make that phone call, because you never know uh, what support is available.
2: Right. Now, I'm going to now go on to the next question, which is going back to something we discussed in the last segment, a tricky area. How should support be increased for seniors worried about intimacy? So...
3: All right. So um, I think about um, a client of mine and, um, whose su- husband suddenly died unexpectedly. She was about 70 years of age, and she found herself very lonely. She missed coming home to someone who was interested in her day, or just coming home to just another human being. The evenings were the worst, eating alone, watching TV alone, and, and sleeping was very troublesome. And so some of the um, suggestions that seemed to help her was uh, reaching out to um, um, a bereavement support group, um, and, and here she found that she learned to be grateful, she learned to be grateful for the good things in her life, and, and all the members, they kind of developed an intimacy, and they, were, they could be themselves, because cri- at times they cried and, and they laughed together. Uh, she actually, um, took a risk and because she was so lonely, she really wanted to meet someone and so she thought about online dating. She was very hesitant. She, she thought people would judge her at being 70 or she was scared and, and she was also scared of being scammed. But together we, we looked at what are the red flags about, um, online dating? What makes your radar go up? So we talked about, um, you know, about seven tips to uh, being careful. And having said all that, um, and for anyone who might be contemplating it themselves, um, for her too, being online and communicating like through an email or whatever wasn't personal enough. So it went to a personal phone call, which often at our age we're more comfortable with. She created a different email address for her online chat, she never gave out her home address, and um, they started having some coffee. That's how it usually begins, It's just like going to Tim Hortons, um, just for a coffee. And, um, you know, after three or four coffee dates, she did find a, a man who was very um, interested, and uh, they'd been, you know, seeing each other for about six months. Um, there's a book that I'd like to recommend to people. Um, there's two books actually. Uh, Jane Fonda's book called Prime Time, uh, and uh, Steve Harvey's book Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man. They um, they're really excellent, and it talks about the importance of spending enough time getting to know an individual, and uh, and what Steve Harvey calls the 90-day rule, not giving up the cookie for at least three months. So these things help women and men to find. Uh, to empower them to find and keep and understand um, a new person in their life.
2: Right. Now, that takes us to the time for the break once more. Uh, just to very quickly say, I think you're, what you're pointing up is that we should be looking to technology, but carefully uh, yeah. when it comes to things like intimacy. And I think that's a very, very good piece of advice so let's take the break this is dr gordon and my guest is sue kelly you're listening to family caregivers unite on the voice america variety and empowerment channels cjmp 90.1 fm community radio and sharing please stay with us we will be back
0: Empowerment. are you looking for life's answers how about the meaning of true self can you really be a better person overnight well good luck with that now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Absurd Psychology Straight Answers Without All the Bold, hosted by Dr. Gary Bell. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on Voice America Empowerment.
4: Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com It's your world.
1: You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to doc G at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
2: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Sue Kelly. Our topic is intimacy and family caregivers. So now, let's talk about more things, more things that you would like to do and the collaboration you'd welcome so you can develop the services you provide through your website, Still Sexy at 60+. plus. So, what more would you like to do to develop this website, Sue?
3: Well, Gordon, um, Still Sexy at 60+, plus, as you said, is a website and eventually it will be a book. And... And what I would like the website to do is to expand beyond a couple of these topics we're talking about today um, and looking at the total person. So two chapters of my book are um, Sixty Shades of Grey. It talks about love, sex, and intimacy. And the other is on relationships. And I've kind of had a smattering of that in our, our conversation today. But there's other aspects of the whole person. And so I've mentioned about sweet spots. Like, it's never too late to find them. What is a sweet spot? It's knowing that you're in the right place for the right reasons with the right people. It brings a special sweetness to life. Um, It's like feeling groovy on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, It's like finding the sweet spot on a baseball bat or a golf club. And you hold the secret to finding your sweet spot in life. Uh, One of the chapters that I'm working on is about the sexual revolution. Back in the '50s and '60s, it's, it's. I think it's why we still care um, if that we're still sexy at 60 or 70 or 80. Um, and when we think back to that music, that era brings back memories of a happier time. The beat just gets our foot a tapping and our voices humming, and it makes us feel alive. And it also that's why we're different from our parents because this emancipation that occurred back then is all about who we are, and we're not our parents and we're not going to take getting old like perhaps like they did. So we want it to be better and more engaged with life. Right. I also talk about health because how can you feel sexy if you're not healthy? And this is stripping it all down to who, to your health. And this is really crit- critical because if you let yourself slip into obesity and apathy about your health and your chronic health problems, You are guaranteed to not have a good quality of life as you age. So it's helping you to kind of take a three-dimensional look at yourself. What is your gene pool? What's your current health status? What medications are you on? How are you doing with the old nutrition, exercise, and not smoking? Things like that. Uh, That good health makes you feel sexy.
2: Right, good. Now I'm going to stop you there to go to the next question. Okay. We're still talking about your website, but mm-hmm. I'm wondering what collaboration would you welcome so you can develop your website? And that is still sexy at 60 plus. What I'm talking about is other people in some way joining with you, collaborating. What kind of collaboration, in other words, would you welcome? Sue? So,
3: Well, Gordon, my primary goal is really to encourage people to visit my website and begin the conversation about issues that are important to them. Um, Although I do offer the personal wellness coaching, which can be done by Skype or over the phone, there is a cost to that. But that is not my primary concern. I would love to be able to answer questions and provide guidance through the website by answering people's questions and or, or doing a search on their behalf because if they have an issue, many others will as well. I would like Still Sexy at 60 to be the go-to place for some accurate and relevant information, um, and I hope that uh, people will ask the questions so to get the conversation going. It's in its infancy stage, so over time it will grow, and the topics will become more broad and diverse. Uh, it, I've written my first blog, so comments are always welcome, and I hope to continue my blog every two weeks, um, and I welcome input from people. This is um, a service that can grow um, throughout Canada or, or America, around the world, uh, and it's hard to know where it's going to go. I'm very excited and passionate about it, and I've had a lot of positive feedback about the need for it.
2: Now, very final question, big one. Sue, so what's your message for family caregivers who want to remain sexy at 60 plus? What's your message for them?
3: Well, to, to cut to the chase, I would really love to inspire people to find life's sweet spot so that they can live longer, healthier and memorable lives. I believe that every person has the potential to bring something unique to the world and leave a lasting legacy in the hearts and minds of those they care about. Our health is our wealth, so what's preventing us from being the very best we can be? We don't know how much longer we have, so take a risk and um, pick one thing that you want to improve. It could be our last chance to get it right. Uh, I advocate for those 60-plus by providing accurate, relevant information, news, and trends to support this journey of discovery. You know, everyone has been dealt a deck of cards in life. We all think of ourselves as a house of cards. Is it a house of lies, lies, or is it a, a house that needs to be put in order? We all get to shuffle the deck our own way and put those cards on top that are most important. So I want to welcome everyone to Grow Old With Me. Let's take this journey together and create an anti-aging formula that is real, sustainable, and and transparent. Let's defy the tra- traditional expectations of aging and chart a new path to personal fulfillment, daring to boldly go where no one has gone before.
2: Would you say that, Sue, just to extend that, you're saying to us take control because you can k- take control mm-hmm. over the way we age. Things like remaining sexy, but also remaining happy and remaining fulfilled is taking control a key aspect of your message, Sue?
3: Absolutely, it is. It is. No one else can do it for us, and maybe we haven't been used to doing it. But it's um, it is absolutely key. You know, as, a, as a, a nurse and being privy to many people and. And I will be ending on a positive note, but I've been at the deathbed of many individuals, and there were five things that were in common about people who had regrets at the end of their life. And I'm going to um, list them. I'm going to, I can remember what they are, they're um, not living their life their way. They lived it according to somebody else. Um, Not... Spending attention to f- friends and family, um, having the courage to uh, say what they wanted to say to individuals, and not putting so much time into their work. So if that can help at all by not living with regrets, you know, by leaving a memory in the hearts and minds of those you love, you can do it.
2: Very powerful, very strong. Unfortunately, we've come to the end of this powerful episode. So I first of all want to say thank you, Sue, for everything, for sharing with us your own experience, your own insights and your own advice. And for the sake of all of us, because all of us do age, I want to wish you every success in your work and all I can say to you, the only (laughs) the only call I can give to you is please keep up the good work because it is good work. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Okay. And I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode will be challenges for family caregivers caring at home for family members please join us same time same spot on the internet talk to you then
1: thank you again for joining us this week for family caregivers unite with your host dr gordon atherley please tune in again twice every week Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful.